Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist, a confidence boost before your interview, or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to another edition of Advantage Connors. Once again, coming to you from Europe, this time the Netherlands, Amsterdam. Also with my co-host, Jimmy Connors, boring in Santa Barbara again. How are you today? <laughs> yeah, not so bad over here. Come on. But just, listen, nobody's loved traveling more than you uh, since you were you know, three weeks old. And man, you've, uh, you're, you're packing a lot in in this trip, aren't you? Yeah, got some uh, you know time to make up, actually. And this is the first big trip I've taken since COVID. There was a couple of years there we did nothing. So trying to make up for lost time a little bit was uh, in Sweden last time we talked, um, you know, visiting Melina's family. That was fun. Uh, so what have you been up to? Everything good there? Yeah, everything's good. Uh, you packed a lot into those 10 days in Sweden. And uh, yeah, we had a visitor yesterday. Uh, Melina came back to to pick up the, you know, the, the mascot, the golden doodle Bella, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and uh, she, you know, she's been with us for, for two weeks and kind of fit in as, as part of the family is like she always does. And uh, uh, Melina shows up and it's like, we never existed. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was, uh, it was interesting, but, uh, yeah, but uh, got up this morning and she was so happy and, uh, you know, running around with, with, uh, with our little mini schnauzer bogey. They, they, they've had a ball and, nice. uh, you know, the, the time they've had has really been good. But uh, so, uh, so tell me about Amsterdam. How's uh, you haven't been there in quite a while. Right. Yeah. It's uh, been 12 years. I realized 2010 was the last time I was here. Um, so second time here, uh, my buddy from college, Judd uh, lives here with his family, his wife and two children. Last time I was here, it was just his girlfriend. So now it's wife, two children. Some time Beautiful. has passed. So we wanted to come see him, spend a little 48 hours here with him. But um, Sweden was uh, after I, after we talked last time. I still had still got some stuff I need to tell you about there. I mean, uh, played another day of golf. But played the other eighteen at Brohoff. Was pretty nice. sweet. Um, uh, it was hot. It was hot, especially for Sweden standards. Uh, and so, and the jet lag caught up to me. So I was uh, it beat me up a little bit on the front nine. But then I kind of got it going on the back through three birdies in and uh drained like a 40 wow. foot pathetically double breaking par putt to save a par on on a par five <laughs> um so i, I kind of finally got it going a little bit just in time to stop playing in sweden and uh and move on but it, it was fun uh, i think you'd really like it over there if, if you ever wanted to go over there it's uh, kind of like this little hidden gem of a course 
That'd be fun. It's not like Sweden hasn't had some good uh, good golfers. Also, shit, the 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 tennis players that they've had. I mean, you can they're as long as your arm from you know Borg to to uh, Edberg to Vlander and and uh, you know so many great uh, players in uh, on the tennis side, but also Annika Sorenstam and Henry Stinson. Stinson. That's yeah. not so bad either. Yeah, Stinson's real good. Sorenstam, one of the best female WTA players, just overall players ever. Um, yeah, I th- and another thing I learned is they were they were lobbying hard to get the uh, Ryder Cup there. The last like oh. two or three holes, I mean, they're amazing. The last three holes, and a couple of them have like almost stadium like feel, where like if they move the tee up to this certain area, there's like a bowl feeling on 18, and it also looks on 17, and and I guess just because Sweden doesn't have enough money or tourism or or what it is that they, they kind of fell out of Ryder Cup grace. And so, oh, uh, oh boy, more politics. Exactly. More yeah, politics. we can stay away from that. But I, I thought it would actually yeah. be a really good course to to maybe have it someday. But we'll get you out there. Um, that was one one fun thing we did, and we did a lot of family stuff. Um, hung out with uh, her mom and her dad, and and we went and had dinner with her friend, with her best friend. Met her her baby. And so it's so much stuff that wow. it goes fast. But the the one thing I had to tell you about was on Saturday, we went with um, uh, Melina's stepdad Ronnie. And uh, out to the country, and her and her little sister Vendela, and we so we're like, hey, we have this event we're going to take you to. It's gonna it's gonna be crazy, and you never seen anything like it. I'm like, yeah, right, okay, you know, like I've seen I've seen it all, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and so we get in the car, and we're driving, and we're driving, and we're driving, and we go uh, about an hour and a half outside of Stockholm, and Stockholm's not like really that big. So once you're ten minutes out right. of Stockholm, you're kind of like out of Stockholm. So an uh-huh. hour and a half, Ronnie has this uh, beautiful little like lake house. Right on the lake, you know, it's got a little dock. He's got a couple wave runners. So we, we, uh, we stay a night there, get up, and go uh, drive another 20 minutes further away from everything. And all of a sudden, we're like, you know, in, it looks like just the middle of nowhere. Everything's green. All I see is grass and trees and just shrubs and everything. And wow. uh, Ronnie's girlfriend, um, Hannah, is, uh, uh, was like, she's like, I was born out here. She's like, it's a very, and then like, we kind of come out of this clearing and there's like, you see like 15, you know, small kind of little buildings. And she's like, see that building? I was born there. And, and over there is where I lived the first two years before we moved closer to the city and, you know, all this stuff. And then right. we come around the corner and there's this like big yellow palace. I'll tweet some pictures so that everyone can check it out. But like a, like a yellow and white, beautiful palace. It's built like along the lake pretty amazing what they did. They built it like in like this cove to where there's an entryway where the water comes through one way, circles around, and then they, they catch the water on the other side coming. So it creates these two channels of water, almost like a moat around this palace. And, and what it was is it was like one of the, you know, summer palaces for royalty back in the day, you know? Oh boy. And so she's like, I was married here, you know, my first husband, and it was a beautiful ceremony. And I'm like, wow, like who knew this would be out here in the middle of nowhere? So we all have picnic baskets and chairs and all this stuff. And we're walking and we're walking. All of a sudden there's a line of people and, and it looks like you're walking out to like the jungle, you know, the Swedish, you know, what is it? not jungle, but the Swedish right. forest or whatever it is. And then we come through this clearing and out of this clearing, you see it's a full on event. There's people barbecuing, uh, you know, burgers and, and hot dogs. And, and there's a line to, to, for people to get tickets to get in. And, and you know what it is? It's a, you know, hundreds of year old uh, horse racing traditional event. Like, oh, you're kidding. Yeah. 
It's a horse that far racing. Out, that far out? Oh, my God. And they, they draw where they draw the people from. Stockholm, I guess, all around then, don't they? I mean, it's like a one-day event. And, like, it, it's just, it's so funky, you know? Like, it's, it looks like right. it's a, like a scene out of Robin Hood. You know, where it's like the Merry Men are singing over there, some music playing, <laughs> and there's, like, some burgers on the pit. And, the, you know, and I'm like, so there's, this is, like, horse racing, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So we go, and we're watching. And the first, like, six, first race comes out, six or seven horses. And uh, it, there's no starting gate. And it's not like a regular just round lap like we're used to in America mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you're just going in a circle, right. same circle, same circle. You know, there's like this intricate, weird design to every race is a little different and unique. And some of them have jumps. Some of them don't have oh, jumps. And, uh, and so the way they start it is really odd too. There's no starting gate. They just kind of do this weird like loose turnabout where they turn the horses around, turn the horses around, and then all of a sudden they just say, go. And then like six or seven horses just start the race. Wow. And so like I'm watching all this, they're warming up and, and, and all this stuff. And I'm like, this is crazy, man. I'm like, what is this? And everyone's got like food and it's like this, it's like a scene, you know, there's like people bringing baskets and hit, like, someone's like, Hey, here's some chicken salad. And they pull up. It's like this bowl. That's like as big as me full of like this amazing yeah. like chicken salad that they're giving everybody. And so I'm like, Oh, this is going to be cool. And Vindal is like, Hey, Brett. I'm like, yeah, what's up? And she's like, uh, do you want to make a bet? And oh, <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like, I was going to ask you if they had a wager. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? You, you, you want to bet me? She's like, no, like on the app, do you want to bet on a horse? And I'm like, what? I'm like, no fucking way. You can bet on this thing? Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. And that, so, that must be what, what, what do you think that was? Like the, the start of summer uh, uh, over there with the because it had to be around what the 21st or so, right? Yeah, it so, was it was it was a couple of days before the solstice. Yeah, like it was the Saturday before the solstice. So I don't know if it's something like it's the the weekend before the solstice or or whatever, but the Friday of the solstice week is always midsummer, which is a huge holiday in Sweden. You know, it's like a big mm-hmm. festival that goes back, you know, forever. And so most people, right. you know, go out on the boat or go out to the archipelago or into the countryside and and do these cool, you know, fun things, get away from the city and kind of and, and get into nature. Because uh, Sweden's such a kind of like a nature, Stockholm's such like a nature city. They've built, right. done a good job of like building the city into the nature to where it doesn't just feel like a concrete, like, you know, mm-hmm. prison or something like New York does sometimes or some other cities. But right. um, so she's like, do you want to bet? And I'm like, uh, uh, sure. You know, I'm like, I can't believe you can bet on this. Because in my back of my mind, I'm like, if I'm these, if I'm two of these jockeys, I'm just like, hey, man, at the end, let me go first and we'll split all of it. And we'll bet on <laughs> I, ourselves. I don't know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so we wow. like bet, bet on the first one, you know, it, uh, it, it you know, goes, we, we don't pick it right. Bet on the second one. Uh, we miss. Or actually, we didn't bet on the first, whatever. So we bet on one. The second one, Vindala goes, uh, three, seven. I like the three, seven. I'm like, what do you mean? Like the exacta? Is that what it's called when you pick the two? Right. Yeah. Exacta. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, uh, what do you mean? Like three, seven. And she's like, yeah, I think it's going to go three, seven. And I'm like, okay, well, why don't you cover yourself and like get seven, three, you know, just in case, mm-hmm. you know, cause like if you feel stupid, if you pick three, seven, it comes seven, three. And she's like, no, nah. right. she's like, no, nah, it'll mess up my odds. <laughs> she's 19 you know she's like gambling oh like God. she's teaching me the stuff and i'm like all right whatever like let's go and there's uh you know seven horses and they go and it's it, back and around and diagonal and across like they run in front of you and then there's a way where they run like they'll go behind you i'll, I'll put out pictures it's, it was one of the kind of cooler things i've ever seen because it was so unique and weird they only do it one time right. a year 
And so whatever goes, it's like a three or three and a half minute race or something like that. And, uh, you know, it's coming around the three and, you know, the sevens in third place and blah, blah, blah. Long story short, it comes across fucking three, seven. She picks the exact oh. on her second race <laughs> and she's sitting there jumping around and going crazy. And she's like, I told you, I told you. And I'm just like, okay, okay. Yeah. Don't get too cocky. You know? Oh my God. But, uh, what the, you know, listen, there's guys who go the, that go the track, you know, every day that it is. I've never picked an exacta. Right. Uh, I'm one of them. <laughs> yeah. Same here. I'm just trying to get one horse. I'm like, are you going to try and pick both spots? Like, wow. But, well, uh, she had to be excited it, about that. She, she had a, a pretty exciting week or so when you were over there, she graduated and, and, uh, uh yeah. a lot of things happened for her. Her sister came back and, and, uh, you know, spent some time too. And you came over. So, I mean, what a, what a 10 day she had. And she picked the exacta. And she got the exacta. And then, uh, you know, we bet the rest of the way. And, and, and she did the, uh, the old move that we all do where you hit something, you know, betting right. five bucks, you hit like a big, sh- you know, 10 to one or whatever the thing is for five bucks. And then you go, oh, and now I got a little money. How about 20 on the yeah. next race, you know? <laughs> so I yeah. think she bled a little of it back, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, she's really cool. I mean, she's, she's 19, she's younger, and, uh, you know, it's fun to, to talk to her because she gets to work on her English with me. She went to an English school, so it's, it's really cool. Um, so, yeah, yeah that, was, that was fun. Sweden was fun. And then uh, yesterday I, I left Molina at the airport. I said, see you later. I'm hopping a flight uh-huh. to... Uh, to Amsterdam to see Judd and, and hang out on a bike for a couple of days. Um, but she, she came home and, and she got Bella. So I know that uh, she's happy. She's probably more missing Bella than wanting to hang out with me anymore. Anyways. <laughs> I, I, I don't know, but uh, she was telling us about the trip and she said that, uh, you know, was nonstop busy and, and doing something every day. And, you know, she, uh, you know, spends all her time over, you know, with you and, and then to, you know, to go back and to see your friends and she packs a lot in too. So, mm-hmm. but, uh, but, and she's, uh, she was a little exhausted when she came up yeah uh, yesterday afternoon and, uh, but, uh, yeah, Bella was excited to see her and yeah, but, uh, you, you, you sound good. I mean, I know you've been through, you sound loose and relaxed, everything going good. Yeah, it's good. Everything's good. Uh, you know, I got here, we had dinner with Judd last night got in i was a little tired so it just came back and crashed and then today we, we had lunch and i saw his um his work he's got a really cool he's, he's a producer at a, at a at an agency that does a lot of different you know stuff for nike and and all these different one thing he did they did this cool thing with rafa with nike back in 2012 for like the olympics like a pre thing for the olympics and then rafa like pulled out or he got hurt or something and uh so he didn't even play the olympics but then he's got this uh, signed rafa uh jacket that's got the spanish flag on the arm and 2012 on it and it's kind of neat because like he didn't even play those olympics so he's got this like you know piece of memorabilia that like doesn't really shouldn't kind of exist in a way on yeah, this shouldn't have even happened. Interesting. Right. Very interesting. Right. But so, uh, yeah, I left him at lunch. And then I, I, the bike thing here, I, I know you've been biking. Have, have you still been keeping up with that? Yeah, I, every day. I go every day. And, uh, you know, my, my Achilles is better. So uh, it, it I feeling? miss the hiking. But, but uh, you know, the I go out on the bike. I ride for an hour or so every day and back up. I try to stay off the main road because uh, you don't know who's texting and driving. So, I stay off the main road and I go, you know, I get a good workout. It's, uh, uh, I've been doing it now for, I guess, a couple of weeks and, and, uh, I feel good. I feel good about it. And, uh, but that, that's, that's, uh, you know, uh, not, not, it's a pittance compared to what goes on over there with the bikes. Right. 
Yeah. The bike culture in Amsterdam is, I mean, I'm sure people who've been here know about it, but it's, it's intense to say the least. Like if you're coming mm-hmm. from your regular, like la da ride a bike and, you know, for a little stroll, you'll get eaten alive here. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I bike around LA and have biked, you know, for the last 15 years of my life off and on. And, and it feels like it's nothing. The city is built like with the bike culture in mind which is genius because then it takes so many cars off the road. You know, like Mm -hmm. I was just sitting there and there's, you know, there's half the people are are locals and the other half are tourists. So the locals hate the tourists and the tourists are running into the locals and don't know the rules and, you know, (laughs) don't go there, don't go here and all that stuff. Um, But I mean, the city did a good job doing it because then now there's not that many cars. I was just sitting there on the corner thinking like, can you imagine if every one of these motherfuckers on a bike was in a car, like looking for a parking spot in a garage, seven stories tall to park a car, you know, where they're only going three or four miles to work or a couple miles to work. So um, it's it's really convenient. You can get everywhere. So I think you'd like it over here with your bike. Mm, I've been to Amsterdam, but, but not, uh, you know, not to spend a whole lot of time. Uh, I was kind of in and out, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been a while, but uh, you know, I, I kind of there's one one place I uh, you know enjoyed going. I'd love to go see more, and, and hearing you talk about it, and you know the way you get around, and uh, yeah, but but better, you're 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 different than than I am. I mean, you you can go. You you've always been a traveler, and you love to travel, and you don't mind going and doing things on your own, and you know, taking your drone and, and getting on a bike and going and visiting things like that. I, I, I was, I guess, because of, you know, the tennis, I, I saw the hotel and the tennis courts, the tennis courts and the hotel and, you know, not much after that. So, you know, I was, uh, I was kind of, you know, held prisoner in my hotel room because I, you know, didn't want to, you know, expend any, uh, too much energy. I wanted to be ready for my matches and stuff, but, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I missed, uh, you know, I missed the traveling too, but I missed out on a lot, seeing a lot of great places and, and, uh, you know, going, you know, and, and understanding really a lot more about uh, where I was and, you know, and, and all that. But uh, you, you don't, you love that. And, and uh, you're not afraid to go it alone. I, I you know, I, I envy that. Yeah. Well, thank you. But uh, do you, it's kind of interesting that there's not a, a tournament here. Like, did there used to be a tournament here? I mean, I know there's one in Rotterdam, which is, close by but um, yeah it was in it was in rotterdam i don't uh amsterdam never had a tournament i went there and did uh you know did some corporate stuff and in uh exhibition i think or so and but uh yeah it was uh it was fun but you know like i said in and out and didn't get to spend the right kind of time there but uh yeah you know hopefully one day hopefully uh, one day yeah I, that's in that makes a lot of sense because when um like when I work, you know, we'll work the grand slams or you haven't in the past, you know, you're there. You're so people will be like, wow, 17 days in Paris or 17 days in London or, you know, Melbourne and these mm. awesome cities, but like, you're there to work, you know, like right. obviously yep. there's people who put more effort into trying to sightsee and do stuff when, and they're off time. But then like when I'm there, I feel like I just, I'm here to work. If I want to sightsee, mm. I'll stay a couple of days after, or, or, you know what I mean? Right. Like, so yep. you're right. I, I never really thought about it that way i mean one time you told me i was thought was crazy is you're like i went to berlin and you're like i'd never been to berlin and because it was you know closed before the wall came down and then you kind of stopped playing you know a few years after 89 or whatever so i thought that was interesting but you're right when you go to play tennis all your life you've spent you know years on the road but in a way you're like in this you're in like this cocoon of a world where you're like you know, yeah, sure, you can go and like try and see as much of Amsterdam or you know Rotterdam or wherever you are when you're playing a week. But like, you're there to practice, 
you know, get a massage, get worked on, you know, get a good meal, go back, play your match. You know, like that's a lot of the routine is just that same stuff. And it's just like a traveling circus of the same thing that just moves around, right. you know? Yeah. I, you know, I bet you know, a lot of guys are different and, and, you know, but for me, you know, I, I, you know, I was there to, for one reason and you're right. It was to work. Tennis was my work and, and, uh, you know, I, I was there to win uh, and, and, uh, you know, I, I was, I wasn't, you know, gonna, you know, spend any extra energy on not doing what I was there for. I, I always thought that, well, if I ever want to do it or see it, I'll go back, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and do it. And, you know, and then I, you know, I ended up playing until I was 50 and then, then things started breaking down and, you know, and all of a sudden my travel started going and say, well, maybe I just don't want to put out that effort, but, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, uh, Hey, listen, I'm still, I'm still young enough to, you know, to, to get on the plane and go do that. And, uh, I, I know I've got a good guide. You'd have to be my guide. So I'd be in, uh, I'd be in good shape that way. Definitely. Definitely can show you around some places, but, uh, yeah. So Amsterdam is cool. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm heading North. I'm heading to Norway to, oh boy. Uh, yeah, I've always had a dream of going to Norway and I'm going to go try and check out the fjords up there. Uh, Lofoten, L O F O T E N is the name of the area. Uh, mm-hmm. looks magical. And as you know, it is the midnight sun time yeah, of the year. That's so cool. That is so cool. <laughs> so that I do not have so- to worry about lack of sunlight time to go do all the things I want to do. I just probably will not get very much sleep. Yeah. I was going to say, you'll get your days and nights mixed up, you know, yeah. and, and do that. But it's, uh, uh, actually, uh, when, when you said you might go to Norway, I kind of looked, uh, looked up a few things about that. And, and it was interesting when the sun starts to go down, you know, and then all of a sudden it doesn't even reach the horizon before it starts coming up again. <laughs> it, it, it's a, it, it, I saw the uh, saw a picture of it. It was uh, it was very cool, very cool. So you're going to have to you know uh, send some pictures and and uh, and and hopefully we can do another podcast when you're up there. Yeah, we will. I'm 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 up there till next Tuesday, uh, and then I come back to Sweden and then I think fly home. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's, uh, I got my, you know, I got my, uh, my drone, I got my camera, I got my, uh, my GoPro. So I'm gonna try and maybe do some midnight sun kayaking, uh, some stuff like that. So that, that's pretty (laughs) cool. Um, but I got an early, early morning. I'm going to have dinner with Judd one more time and then, uh, do a little walk around the city. But yeah, earlier today, I was just a couple things I wanted to say. I went to the Van Gogh museum. Um, oh, interesting. I went there t- 12 years ago when I was here before, but I w- had to go again. It's kind of, I mean, it's so cool. You know, it's like a hundred of his pieces. It's not even that many. Like mm. they have like other mm. exhibitions with other artists from the time and, and samples right. from people who inspired him and, and stuff like that. But man, is it like cool to just stand there and like stare at a couple, you know, at a piece of his for like two or three minutes or five minutes, you know, and then you look at it and you see different things like the whole time you're looking. Yeah. Does it have some of his early sketches too, starting from the beginning or, or what, what, uh, it does. Where, where does it start? Does it? It has, yeah, it has some of his early stuff. Um, it, it has like a good timeline that kind of shows you his life and like, you know, Hey, <clears throat> he, at this age, he told his parents he liked art and then he started drawing at, at this age. He started taking lessons from this, mm, uh, you know, from this teacher. Imagine being like named in history as the teacher who taught Van Gogh, you know, like, wow. Yeah. Pretty cool. And then he, you know, yeah, a, lot of, a lot of his best stuff are just self portraits. He has like this mm. one, one area of like 15 or, or something of his self portraits. And I'll put a couple on, out on our social media. And it's just, I mean, his colors and his just 
interesting man really cool guy well you you've uh you you've had a a good trip so far and it's not over yet no you, you no still got I got some uh, pretty exciting things to do still. Yeah. So you might have to take your golf clubs with you up. Yeah. Up in, uh, no, and maybe Melina play again, took but... those back. I, I sent those. Oh. <laughs> I made her deal with them. Uh, I figured yeah. that too many flights and trains, I'd start racking up too much. I could almost buy a new set of clubs at the end of the trip if I kept doing that. Yeah, but, I got you. Yeah, but, you uh, but yeah, clubs. man, Van Gogh, it was, I got there at like 345 and I'm like, ah, I got plenty of time. And they're like oh, sold out for the day. I'm like, it's 345. Oh. And, and in my mind, it's like, it's, it's light till 10. Why would anything close at like five o'clock, you know, when it's summer and all this stuff. Right. And uh, the guy's like, yeah, man, we have to go eat dinner. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, I get it. I'm like, hey, bro. And so, so I go into like sympathetic, like puppy eye mode. And I'm like, hey, bro, like, I'm just, I'm here for a day. I visited my buddy from college and I came here 12 years ago. I really love it. Can I just slide through in like 45 minutes or an hour? And he's like, Oh, it's just like, you know, it's closed. And he's like, oh, he's like, okay, go ahead, do it. You know, oh, <laughs> so, he, cool he, so he lets me come in. This guy, uh, Nielsen was his name. So shout out Nielsen for letting me get in there. Um, and uh, yeah, so Amsterdam's cool. I, I stopped by one of the coffee shops, quote unquote, and mm-hmm. uh, grabbed a couple space cakes. And uh, <laughs> actually, that's why I'm probably so talkative right now. I ate one about uh, an hour and 15 minutes ago. And yeah, uh, I told you, you sounded loose and relaxed. I told you that you called it. I uh, actually didn't yeah. let you know about that. So you, you figured it out. I'm just sitting here with my window. I have this nice uh, hotel room and it's just, I'm right along the, the waterway and there's all these beautiful trees and people just eating. And it's just like, I'm just sitting here looking at it, space caked out of my mind, enjoying it. Uh, having well, fun talking the uh, podcast. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. No one has a business like yours, with all its strengths and challenges. To succeed, you need a hiring partner that adapts to your needs. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent faster through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of the employees get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed data. One of the things I love about Indeed is that there's such great talent. In fact, three out of four of U.S. online job seekers search for jobs on Indeed each month, according to Comscore. Claim your $75 credit now on Indeed.com Connors. That's Indeed.com Connors. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
One thing I did want to want to talk about is I don't know I know you've been busy, but uh, I watched the U.S. Open golf this weekend, mm-hmm. and, I did not and see it. it was uh, it was pretty exciting. Matthew Fitzpatrick won it, and and uh, but you know, but the guys that were up there and playing well, and uh, once again, you know, it's uh, the guy we we talked about for what the last num five or six podcasts, Will Zalatoris. Yep. you know, was uh, was once up, again right? up there, and, huh? Another runner up. Another, yeah, but uh, you know, look at the experience that kid's yeah. getting, and uh, you know, being in a uh, in a playoff against uh, Justin Thomas, and then you know, finishing second uh, with uh, uh, it's Patrick uh, Scotty Scheffler, and you know, uh, uh, tied for second behind uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. I mean, uh, you know, if that that kid. I mean, oh my God, you know, the his career so far. I mean, he's got to be pumped to say, listen, I'm. I'm I'm finishing second. It just you know keep working, keep grinding, keep at it, keep at it. You you know and and uh, it's it's fun to fun to watch those young guys play and and step up and and uh, you know and really you know start taking over. And you know a lot of guys have gone over to the to the other tour, the LIV tour, and and uh, Ooh, well, you know, one, kind when, of a, you a know, big one just went just heard yesterday. I mean you know did you yeah. see? Kepka yeah. Brooks Kepka yeah. is saying he's joining. Yeah. He's I saw a quote said something like. Well, who cares? I'm a big, I'm a pretty much a majors player anyway, and I'll still be able to play those, you know, blah, 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 something like that. So it's kind of what we were saying last week is that if you're able to replace the PGA money, still play the majors and have all your sponsorship deals, what's the big difference if you're a big name? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Going to be interesting to see, you see how it plays out. And, and, uh, you know, like, like we did say, it seems like they'll have a, a uh, revolving door of, of players that are going to start getting a little bit older eventually. And, you know, maybe they've won their titles or, or if they haven't won their titles, you know, they're saying, well, you know, I'm getting a little old because there's too many young guys coming in. Maybe I'll just take the money. Right. So, or is it kind of also like becoming a mid point, like not senior tour, but like, you know, mid senior or, you know what I mean? (laughs) Like you're not, you're not uh, the, on the, you know, main, you're not Zalatoris at 24 or five or whatever coming on strong but maybe you're 40, 41 and you're starting to see 50 mm-hmm. around the corner and you're like, Hey man, I've got my wins in my pocket. I've made a name for myself. Maybe now I just go to the other tour and just kind of coast. I mean, if there's no cut yeah. and you can just make yeah. money and get paid a big, uh, you know, kind of like contract to sign with the, with the company. I saw that they yeah, upped the, gonna, they up the tiger deal like a billion. Did we say they, that? With the, Yeah, I saw that. It's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what, what they do with that. If they tweak it a little bit to, you know, to make it, uh, you know, more just than about the money. If they start giving points or, or a ranking, uh, a ranking system or, or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, like everything new like that, I'm sure there's some tweaks coming down the road. It's going to be interesting to see where, where they take that. Right. So, Fast forward but, like three years when they like merge into some like, you know, super tour, like a combo tour yeah, or something, yeah, you know, yeah. you, you never know, but the, D, um, the DP tour in Europe and, you know, the PGA over here and, and, uh, in that, yeah, you never know what's going to happen, but you know, like we said, you know, some, I guess competition is, is always good because it's going to improve everything. So, you know, hope, uh, you know, but, you know, setting all that aside, I, I, I like watching golf because I, I feel like I can, I, I learn a little bit and I say, well, shit, I want to go out and try that myself. You know, I, I, uh, that, that's why I think I like uh, watching the women because they, they, they swing a little bit slower and I can, understand it a little bit, but, uh, I like watching golf. If I can pick up a little tip here and there and, and helps improve my game. Yeah. Then I like it. So, uh, I'm in, I'm in it, uh, you know, for a, uh, 
specific reason anyway. Do you find it similar like to tennis where like, you know, if you're a player at home, you can watch and you, cause, because it's so individualized and it's not this team thing where like you don't need to have cohesion with four or five, you know, if you're playing basketball, well, right. you got to make sure that my, the guy I'm passing to knows that I can pass with this extra heart, you know, whatever you're doing, you have to always worry about other people with tennis and golf, like golf, especially you start it yourself. You start the right. swing, you initiate it all yourself, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a very interesting point, you know? And, and uh, uh, you know, if you talk to, you know, a lot of the, you know, the pros and stuff, it's all about the first, you know, the first foot or two away, you know, taking the club away and how, you know, and all that. So, mm-hmm. you know, but also, golf uh, as compared to tennis tennis you know was was more of a reaction uh you know to you know what your opponent does at times or whatever golf you got and plus you have way too much time to get in your own head <laughs> especially right. my head you know where if you make a bad swing or a bad shot that it's just you know kind of kind of gives me a little uh, too much time to fester mm-hmm. uh, you know and and uh, you know figure out you know what I did you know instead of you know just saying you know hit it and let's go find it Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and, and, uh, and, and I think that's, you know, that's more or less the way you learned, you know, when you, when you first started, you know, it was all about, you know, it doesn't matter where it goes, just hit it hard. Right. And, and you can always bring in the dispersion part of it where, you know, as I had to learn, I learned the other way I learned, you know, try to hit it down the middle, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, I don't care if it, what it goes, but at least I can find it right. as opposed to, and that, and that, but that's why I only, you know, hit the ball, you know, as far as I do. I mean, I'm, I'm never going to be you know, a long hitter, but, tennis, uh, but I, I hit it so where I can enjoy it. That's the fun part of it. Yeah. I mean, you, you hit it pretty good. I mean, tennis is, I feel like tennis is like that too. Wouldn't you rather someone hit it in the back fence than in the net where it's like, you can bring, I always feel like you can bring the fence in the net down more easier than like the one that's in the bottom of the net. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> the bottom of the exactly. net was never good, but the one in the fence, you know, you can bring down a couple feet and it nicks off the back of the baseline or something like that. Kind of <laughs> yeah, like that, that with not golf. Not so bad. But I, I yeah. think a little of it is, I mean, for <clears throat> you play a lot of golf, you're a really good golfer. And I mean, you say you don't hit it hard. I think a little of it is tied to your wrist. You know, like with, with your wrist, you know, your le- it's your left wrist. So it's your forehand in tennis, but then your left hand is everything because you swing right-handed in golf. You know, right. you're, you're backwards with the golf on the right hand. So your left hand is a lot. So I think you're, you know, a little tentative just to like, let it just rip with your wrist because you have the history you do. Well, uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I know one thing I'm, I'm never going to be on the senior tour. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, you know, so I'll, I'll just go out and continue. I've got a bunch of good buddies. You, you played with them up here and also down in Florida and, you know, that I uh, go out and I have, have some fun, have some good action with and, and, uh, you know, be able to, you know, still compete you know, like that, that's fun. Yeah. That's what's fun for me. And, and, uh, you know, have a little wager on it and, uh, you know, go sit down and settle up afterwards and, and have bragging rights. Yep. Somebody's always going to have bragging rights. So, uh, you know, hopefully I'm, uh, uh, once in a while I get a little bragging right and, uh, and get out and go do it again. But, uh, you know, you, you've got, uh, you've got some, uh, some fun four or five more yep. days to go over there, son. So yeah, I got know, as- one more thing I want to talk to you about. The tennis stuff. I mean, I feel like we touched on this a month or so ago, but I think we got to do it since we're going into Wimbledon. Uh, Wimbledon starts Monday. Um, what are your thoughts on the whole like Russians being banned over the whole Ukraine invasion and, and stuff like that? Number world number one or two. I don't know what he is right now this week, but you know, Daniel Medvedev can't play. Top ten player uh, Andre Rublev. You know, top ten player Sabalenka uh, can't play. Like I think I think like just a lot of players. 
you know, big names who can't play because of political reasons. And I just, I mean, you don't have to get too deep on the politics side, but what do you just think is from a player's perspective, how do you view it? Well, I mean, I, I saw that uh, uh, a doubles player in, in the women's, uh, uh, you know, denounced uh, Russian citizenship and moved to a different country so that she could play. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And, and uh, I'm, I'm sure I read that. And, mm. and uh, she's a doubles player. And, and uh, you know, so, but, you know, it, it's, it's the old story. I mean, you're going to get into politics and sports. I mean, there are enough politics and sports anyway, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, to to keep them out of Wimbledon. And listen, I, I know it's crazy times. And, and and I know what's going on. I mean, we all know what's going on. It's been in the news for the last four months and and, and how that's handled. But I mean, is it, uh, you know, it's, it, I guess it's like the, the golfers on, on the on the new live tours. Is, is it up to them to go and and, you know, be political and say things and, and uh, you know, and try to you know, uh, 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 do things different than what's been going. I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's no, a hard it's not. thing. I mean, it's not, you know, uh-huh. you know, cause like they're wanting them to denounce Russia and Putin or whatever. Or no, what, I, that's what I'm saying. I, I mean, know. How can you do that? Right. And, and then, they, you, but, but like, ask them to do that as, as opposed to, I mean, do, do they have family over there still? Do they, you know, are they still, they still go back there? I mean, it's still their country. You know, that, you know, that would be, you know, like saying that, you know, saying when I was playing, you know, if, if you're going to do this, you, you, you know, I'll keep you out of the U.S. open. Right. I mean, really? Uh, you know, they, they've worked long and hard, you know, to, to get where they are in this game and, and, and to be a force in the game and, and to, you know, try to try to spread that, you know, goodwill of, of, uh, yeah, of, of, of who they are and what they're able to do in, in, in the game of tennis. And, and then to and, and then to have a tournament like Wimbledon just say, you know, it's our way or the highway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just kind of it just kind of makes it, uh, you know, makes me wonder, you know, what's next? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's going to be next? And it's a bummer. I mean, and, and then so, you know, the tours took the points away. So there's no points available for Wimbledon, making it essentially like an exhibition. Like it's just a big exhibition kind of in a way. And, mm. and you're right. Like talk about, I mean, so if they... Three things. If they, if Medvedev comes out and denounces them, what the fuck changes? Nothing. Nothing will change. No. It's not like Putin's going to go, oh shit, a tennis player in London denounced my actions. Ah, oh, fuck. Let's pull out now. Right. Pull out game. Right. Good. You know? So uh, I don't know that. Yeah. And then, and then like he has family there. So let's say he does it. What do you think Putin and, and the government and, and whatever, or the oligarchs and everyone is yeah. favorite word. What do you think happens to their family? That's a bad situation. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's just a bad situation that, uh, you know, all around from, from all sides, you know, that it's, you know, listen, I'm no politician and, and, uh, you know, and, and basically some of the politicians and there aren't politicians either. No, <laughs> so, no, I mean, but, uh, you know, but what, what, a you know, what, what, a what a time, you know, yeah. to, to be living that, uh, you know, that first of all, we have, uh, you know, a war going on like that. And, and uh, second of all, that, you know, that uh, a tournament, I mean, if, if they're denounced no points and no that, you're right. I mean, you know, you're going to go win Wimbledon, uh, you know, and once again, it's, to me, it's, it's like, uh, you know, keeping uh, uh, Djokovic out of out of Australia. Right. I mean, you win it, but, but you know, is it, uh, you know, do you, did you beat the best? Yeah, <laughs> you know, not everyone was let I, in. I don't, I don't know. I mean, whether whether they'd win it or not is, is kind of irrelevant to the fact that, you know, them in it just, you know, creates 
you know, uh, uh, different sections of the draw. And, right. It doesn't shake out totally early. different. Yeah. A lot, a lot of things come out differently. So, you know, but, uh, but, you know, from my, from my standpoint, it's, it's, uh, it's a shame that, uh, you know, that, that, you know, you know, they say what's next. I mean, mm-hmm. if they're going to keep them out, you know, where are they going to go from there? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, and, and yeah. you mentioned Djokovic. I mean, he gets screwed again. Like he gets screwed out of this because now he'll lose the 2000 points because he won it last year, you know? So he lost 2000 oh. points because of Australia and he loses another 2000. He's not even Russian. <laughs> he's like, he's right. like a collateral damage in the whole bullshit situation. And just, I don't know. I think it's so stupid because I like Medvedev as a player and uh, you know, he won his first major last year winning the U S open and, he hasn't had the best grass court success, so it'd be fun to see him try and you know, you know, get better there and, and have a run. I like Rublev; he's, I think he's an interesting player. And I don't know. I think it's a bummer yeah. when the <clears throat> politics, the shitty politics of the world, and everything like bleeds into the sports. It's like sports is supposed to be this pure thing that like we go to to get away from the politics, you know. Well, and then boom, well, there it is. <laughs> you know. so, well, ho- hopefully, you know, hopefully things uh, you know start changing uh, in this world and and. Uh, you know, we're living, we're living in some tough times, you know, we got, uh, you know, ga- you know, I'm just talking about where, you know, where I am gas prices well over $7 and, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, going, going to the grocery store and, you know, just living life, you know, now is, uh, you know, uh, through the last couple of years with the pandemic and, and going through everything that happened there. And now, you know, uh, with the times now with inflation and, and, uh, you know, gas prices and so many things that are, that are happening. You know what? Uh, you know what? What? What's it going to take? Uh, well, like what happens? What, does it just keep spiraling like out of control? Or does it like you know? Like, does the whole thing collapse in on itself? You know? Does capitalism yeah, finally like eat itself? You know? I guess the powers the powers that be are trying to you know do what do what it takes to you know to offset you know the direction we're going. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, like I, I think this <laughs> problem you know, is they're the same week for sure. They're the same. It's above my pay grade. They're they're <laughs> the know? same people who drove the motherfucker in that direction to start with, <laughs> dude. Oh, God. That's so funny. Oh, well. oh man, whatever. So two things before well, we go about Europe. First, the space cake thing is great. This culture here, the coffee shops is cool, but it's lost some of its um, uh, mystique. You know, it used to be in the in the world like when I was growing up and a teenager. Uh, Amsterdam was where marijuana was legal you know, in the whole world and maybe Jamaica. And like, there was something for years called the cannabis cup where it was like, um, uh, there was a magazine, the high times that came out and they they would talk about cannabis cup or like the best weed from all over would come to Amsterdam, you know, it was like this cool. Wow, man. One day, like, you know, you know, cause I don't drink, I'm not a drinker anymore. I, I used to, when I was younger, but I've gotten away from, from that. And, and, and so like now, yeah, I like to partake in the smoke. And, and now that California for the last handful of years has been completely legal, you know? Right. And then yeah. in a lot of other states, like more every year in the United States, hopefully eventually federally, just because it probably makes sense. Um, so, you know, it's kind of funny because I came over here and my like reaction is like, oh, coffee shop, I should go like check it out, you know? And it's, so it's like almost like... I bought I bought the cake and I bought a joint, you know? And like the joints are like tiny compared to California. You know, and the options are none compared like the California mm-hmm. stuff is now like taking what Amsterdam used to be and like magnified it by like two or three times, you know, almost oh, like boy. where it's like too much. But it's uh, it's just interesting to come here and, and see kind of the, the differences from when I was here 12 years ago 
And the last thing I have to say, you you know about this, having spent so much time in Europe, there's one pet peeve I have every time I come to Europe and I don't understand it and I need someone to explain it to me. What is the shower situation in European showers? You know what I'm talking about? No, do, I don't. Do you, know, you don't know that like when you take a shower in Europe, half the time it'll only have like a half a piece of glass like guarding the water? To oh, like, that whole, <laughs> to the fucking like door to the like to- toilet and to the rest of the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, I I, I get that. Well, you know, do you know what I'm, I'm talking I'm, about uh, though? Like what? Yeah, what is going on? Because every time I take a shower in Europe and it's got the little half it half piece of glass, like they knew enough to go. You know, it's water. Um, it's probably going to get wet. Half a door. They got, they got the half a door. We should probably put, we should probably put something here to block it. And they're like, okay, cool. And they're like all the way across. And they're like, no, 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 not all the way across. (laughs) Just, what are you talking about? Halfway, just halfway. Water doesn't go around corners. You know what I mean? Like Uh, water, water isn't fluid or moving or anything like that. And every time I take a shower, I'm either hide, trying to hide myself in the corner away from the door, which is like weird. You know what I mean? You're like, I've been in a shower. And, or, or it just looks like, you know, like, like it's been flooding in the bathroom for the last, like, two uh, Well, minutes. I know. I know. I've, uh, that, that's, uh, uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a mover in the shower anyway. You know, just everything goes everywhere. You yeah. Know? And, uh, you know, moving around. But, uh, yeah, well, just, uh, you know, <laughs> that's my rant. That's what I I don't, I don't know if they were built for six foot four guys. Some, maybe some not, other. maybe not. But then, but then listen to this, the, the, the other ones I've been in so far, uh, pretty normal. But then this one, the one I'm in here in Amsterdam, I go, I take a shower and I'm just like, I'm the shower's strong. So it's like the water's getting everywhere. And I'm just like, Jesus dude, like what is going on? You know? And then I look up and on the wall in the shower, no shit is a four <laughs> foot long squeegee. You know how like you, <laughs> you know how they'll have like you, you, know, got, you gotta have one you, you, you gotta have one of those in every shower well no, I, you gotta have it yeah well but, but like you know what I mean like the, sometimes in showers they'll have like a hand squeegee where you know like people right. will take it and squeegee the glass because then it doesn't spot and it looks like cleaner and nicer okay cool I've seen that before like I don't have one myself but whatever this one has one and I stuck it next to me it's four feet tall I'll put out a picture it's four feet tall and so I'm like so you didn't want to put the extra half a glass but you were willing to go and search the market for four foot long metal squeegees <laughs> to stick in the shower with the fucking gla- half a glass door and I'm just you're, like you're <laughs> You're you're on a rant. Oh man! I mean, it's it's pretty funny. I'll put a picture out. I just I don't know if it's just if I'm supposed to just squeegee the half plane of glass with the four foot uh, squeegee, or if that's to like mop up the floor. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know. I, I, but so yeah, they know yeah, there's yeah. enough of a problem to put the squeegee to mop the floor, but not enough to put the other half pane of glass. That's it. I'm done. Uh, yeah. Uh, you're, you're you're on a rant, but but uh, all all I got to say is all always fun talking to you, especially when you're in Europe. And they can follow us at uh, uh, at Advantage Connors. You can follow me at, at Jimmy Connors on Twitter. Uh, where else, bud? Uh, at ADV Connors at Brett underscore Connors. That's me. Uh, at Advantage Connors on Instagram. At Gold Dude Isabella. If you want to follow a uh, Golden Doodle account on Instagram, and that's about it. Uh, anything else you want to say? I'm uh, I'm checking out. I got to go have dinner with Judd, and then I got to pack for an hour to get ready for my trip tomorrow morning. 
you uh, have a good time. You uh, watch your back over there. You take care of yourself and, uh, and call us on your next stop. Will do. I'll check in with you and everyone else out there. Until then, peace.